Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. make a confession because I will tell you I don't like mornings when my husband said last night and he was announcing the um, the service times and he said uh, 1030 and then he said and that is a.m. I thought "Hmm, I would just be happy if it was (laughs) p.m. I've always been a night person you know um My mom was a morning person. She loved 6 o'clock in the morning. I never did. And, uh, but I always heard that as you uh, get mature, I I don't speak the word old. No, it's just mature. And uh, I heard that, you know, your clock kind of changed. And I thought, good, I'll look forward to liking early mornings. Well, it never happened. So obviously, I'm not mature yet. But, you know, I guess we all have our routines. And my routine was that I, uh, when I am on a project, whatever it is, whether it's cleaning house or doing paperwork or whatever, I never like to be interrupted. And always, and especially when the kids were young, you know, you're always interrupted, trying, you know, having to do something for them. And so I would wait until they went to bed, which was about 10 o'clock. I'd start cleaning house, you know, so that I didn't get interrupted. So 1030 at night is just my energetic time. One, one time, um, we, um, well, actually, uh, there were some people over our house. It was about midnight. And so I said to, uh, they were fixing to leave, and I said to my husband, honey, uh, go down to the uh, convenience store and rent a, a shampoo, or I want to shampoo the rugs tonight. <laughs> and the guy, this guy said, you're not serious, are you? And my husband said, yeah, she's serious. We'll be shampooing rugs as soon as y'all leave. (laughs) And so, you know, every morning, of course, the world does not operate on my time schedule, so I have to operate on it. So every morning, I have to make a confession, and that is, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I like to say it this way, I choose to rejoice And be glad in it. So let's say that together. This is the day that the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Now, I know that y'all are wondering why you had snow on Saturday. Well, I decided it's because that um, I haven't seen snow this year. And I needed to see snow, you know. So the Lord granted my request that I could see the snow, but it didn't interrupt the highways. Now, I know that it tried y'all's faith uh, because (laughs) Pam, you know, texted me because actually it was spring break for us last week. And so now I'm just away, just not thinking about anything, just relaxing. And all of a sudden I get this text. Are you looking at the weather? Because <laughs> she knows, you know, I'm kind of the weather person. Well, I had not. I had not looked, and she showed me what it was. Now, she said, you know, she 
really made a mistake. She forgot to show me about Saturday. She just showed me on Sunday. So when I looked at that, I thought, okay, you know, we got to start. I'll, I'll stand in agreement, you know. I mean, this is not my territory. So you have to agree, but I will hook up and stand in agreement. So I said, okay, I stand in agreement that the weather will be fine for the crusade. And it is fine. Hallelujah. And you know what? It, was, it really was so amazing that as we began believing, that temperature went up. Because at first, it was going to be like 30 every day. But that temperature went up. Listen, God is concerned about what you're concerned about. And I will tell you, you have not because you ask not. Yeah. I learned to believe about the weather years ago. Actually, it was when Rhema started in 1974 and 75. And uh, we were having an event outside. And it was, uh, it was a fall social. It was outside. We had, no, we had no alternatives. It had to be outside. There was no other place to have this event. Well, of course, you know, the forecast was it's supposed to rain. And I thought, it can't rain. And uh, so I started uh, believing that. Was it Elijah? That was it. I get Elijah and Elisha mixed up about who prayed that there would be no rain. Anyway, it was one of them. And I thought, well, if they. <laughs> I always get them mixed up as to who did what. But anyway, I thought, if they can pray for no rain, so can I. If God will honor their request, so he will honor mine. And. You know, we didn't have any rain. Now, it was cloudy, but it did not rain. Now, time and time and time again, I mean, these kids will tell you, hey, listen, we have events outside. There is no, there are no other alternatives. We have a, a summer event called Rockets Over Rayma where we have uh, fireworks. We have everything outside. And there have been times that, in fact, there was one time that there was a helico- weather helicopter there. And we have like 50,000 people on the campus that day. And uh, so the, the helicopter said, listen, you better get these people, uh, uh, you know, away from here. Don't dismiss them because weather is coming. And, uh, you know, they need to leave. And so one of our uh, associates said, you don't know our pastor's wife. Weather will not come on this campus. And God is my witness because I, I looked up at the sky. I kept on rebuking the enemy. I mean, there was a time, I mean, it looked like it was coming in. And I said, you guys, uh, I got to go somewhere else. I got to yell at the devil, you know, because evidently he's hard of hearing. And I, but God is my witness. And these kids will know that it's like everything around us was dark, but right around the Rayma campus, it was blue. We never had any rain. And it was really a testimony uh, to the community. So, you know, whatever you need, God is right there for you. God is right there for you. Well, we're so glad to be here. Good crowd this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. Now, you know, uh, talking about dealing with prayer, you know, different people uh, have different callings. My calling, and I don't care where I start, I'm going to end up with your understanding the plan of God that has for you. And how we get that plan is through communicating with the Father. 
Now, some people, you know, they're teachers of the word. They will teach about the different types of prayers. And there are many different types of prayers, different things, different rules, regulations. But that's not what God has called me to do. What God has called me to do, and it's important to stick in what God has called you to do. And what God has called me to do is to inspire you to pray inspire you to pray because guess what you can know all the rules you can know you know uh, all of those things and if you don't pray it's not going to do you any good and so I endeavor to teach you the importance of prayer and to inspire you that it's not a boring thing to pray you know the two things that the enemy is totally afraid of and that is your knowing the word of God Reading the word of God, reading his instructions, and praying. Those two things are so powerful against the enemy that guess what he tries to do? He tries to keep you from doing the things that are so powerful against him. Now today, first of all, I want to look at navigating seasons of our life. You know, in the natural We navigate different seasons, right? And depending upon how well you navigate those seasons will depend upon whether you continue to be a success or whether you become stymied or whether you go on and fulfill what God has planned for you in the next season of your life. I... uh, you know, in navigating the season, I, some of you, you remember, uh, well, any, I, we've been married. We're working on our 53rd year. But I still remember the day we got married. I still remember the excitement. I still remember vividly when the organ started going, da, 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 you know, and I'm on my dad's arm about to go down the altar. And guess what my last thought was? Do I really want to do this? <laughs> do I really want to do this? <laughs> I mean, honest to God, that was my last thought. (laughs) And yet, you know, as I am consoling myself, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God jumped up on the inside of me. Yes, he can do that at a wedding. And he said, yes, Lynette, this is what I have planned for you. So I grabbed my dad's arm. We went down the aisle. And as my dad gave me away, and as I was holding on to the arm of my husband, and we're walking up the steps to the altar, and there was a song being sung that I still, you know, tears me up to even repeat those phrases today. But a part of the song said, we'll walk the road of life together day by day. And will I love you every step of the way? And will I love you every step of the way? 
Now, you know, we did not realize the steps. I told you I'm tearing up. Uh, We did not realize the steps that God was going to take us down. We had no idea what God had planned. But the one thing that always has stuck through to me through the years is we're going to walk that road together. We're going to love each other every step, whatever it is. Were there times that we didn't want to love each other? Absolutely. Were there times when you were irritated at each other? Absolutely. But you made that commitment. I'm going to love you every step of the way. I'm going to love you and I'm going to, we are going to fulfill together the plan that God has for our lives. And so we continue to navigate that season and it's an exciting time, you know, and then you have children and oh my goodness, that is such a busy season. But let me tell those of you who still have children at home, enjoy every season of their life. Because that season passes really fast. Sometimes you can get frustrated. But always look to God. He'll give you the answer to everything that you need. To lead them, to guide them, to direct them in their life. And so that's a busy season. And, and then, you know, they're young at first. And then, oh, you think, oh, if they could just get older. And then they get to be teenage years. And this is the time that you really draw close to God. And you really have to have faith in God. And you really have to understand, God, teach me how to train these kids. Because the word says, if you will train up a child in the way that they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, that doesn't always... No, you know, sometimes they may wander. But you can still hold on to that promise. And yet, you know, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you how to train them. And I will tell you, in the generation that you guys are living in and raising your kids, I'm glad that I don't have kids. Because it is a complex era with all the technology, with all, oh man, with all the knowledge that they're exposed to. And you just have to pray for the protecting hand of God. And then you get to where we are, and that is the, people would call it the empty nest syndrome. And when I got there, I thought, why would they call this a syndrome? I call it an empty nest deliverance. (laughs) I love it. I loved my kids. I love my grandkids, but I'm glad that I don't have to raise any of them anymore. You know, I'm delivered. I'm free. Hallelujah. (laughs) And yet sometimes because couples have during navigating all the other seasons of their life, if you're not careful, you get to that empty nest Season And the reason why it is a syndrome is because you haven't kept up your relationship together. You have nothing in common. The only thing that you have in common 
are your kids and all of their activities. And you've spent so much time in that that all of a sudden they're gone. And it's like, wow, we're strangers in the house. And so, you know, for those of you that are not there yet, hey, listen, you have got to keep up your communication with each other. You have got to uh, keep up your relationship. It's just kind of like with God. If you don't keep up your relationship with the Father, all of a sudden it's like you have a need, you have a crisis in your life, and it's like, oh, man, I haven't kept up that relationship. Now, thank goodness God is a forgiving God. But it's so important to continue that relationship. It's important. uh, I'm going to do a little pastoral thing about marriage, okay? It's important that you create things in common that you have in common to do together. Yes, to do together. And um, I always say that the most important word that you can learn in marriage that will help you navigate your entire life in marriage and be happy, and that is become flexible. Become flexible. Now, some people, that's easy to do, you know? But some of us, it's not so easy. I had to learn to be flexible, I had to learn that my husband is far different than me. I had to learn that he's not organized. I had to learn that he's going to fly by the seat of his pants and he might, you know, decide today that tomorrow he wants to do this big project and it's not planned. And that used to frustrate the tar out of me, you know? And I tried to fix it. I tried to fix him, (laughs) but guess what? That didn't work. (laughs) When all of a sudden God said to me, you know, I gave you to him as a help me. So that's your job. And so we work together, but there's one other thing in being flexible and you need to create things that you do, you know, when you're uh, when you're, you no longer have kids, and that is you need to do things together. And I thought, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble because the only interest that my husband has is sports. <laughs> I mean, when you hear him minister, if you don't know anything about the military or sports, you're out of luck. <laughs> I've learned more by osmosis. And by listening than ever by participating. And so to make a long story short, I thought, oh, Lord, I, you know, I can't do sports. I mean, if somebody throws a ball at me, I'm going to close my eyes and try to catch it. <laughs> now, my husband knows that. And do you know what he did just oh, several crusades ago? He used my phone. He said, give me your phone. He used my phone up here. Then he throws it oh. to me. I mean, in the midst of that being in the air, I'm saying, I can't. And it lands on the ground, you know. So anyway, (laughs) y'all remember that? I know, you know, my embarrassing moment. And, um, but I thought, okay, well, what is, okay, I've got to learn to be flexible. You got to learn to give and take, okay? So 
Now, my husband gives because I like those movies that are love stories. They call them chick flicks, you know. And I love them. So he has to watch those with me. I don't want to see, oh, what's his name? The, the Western guy. Anyway, I don't want to see those. So he, who? John Wayne. Oh, my goodness, yes. If he's going to watch John Wayne, he's going to watch it by himself. He's going to watch those love stories with me that always have happy endings, so i got to watch Hallmark ones, you know? And, um, but, but anyway, so, but I've got to learn to play sports with him, so I decided to choose something that went that way instead of coming toward me, and what was his worst sport? Golf. So I said, okay, we're going to play golf, but we're going to play by my rules. He said, what are your rules? I said, well, you know, you can take as many strokes as you want, but you just count the ones you want. (laughs) And if the ball doesn't go where, you know, it's supposed to go after a while, you just place it there. (laughs) And then, you know, at the end, you just make up a score. And so, you know, we learned, and actually, you know, it really improved his golf game (laughs) that when he actually had to play by the rules, he was better because he learned how to relax, you know? I said, this is for fun, you know? We're not in competition. This is for fun. So we learned to relax, and we learned to enjoy things together. And so you need to learn to navigate the seasons of your life in the natural. And yet, on the other hand, we need to learn the navig- to navigate the seasons of our spiritual seasons in life. Let's turn over to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Because you see, if you know what season we're in, you know how to navigate it. Some people, you know, I believe that we're in the last days. How about you? And, you know, some people are so in fear, so frustrated, all of these things. We don't have to be that way if we have knowledge of the season that we're in. Over in Matthew 24, uh, starting in verse 3, and I'm I'm reading this out of the King James Version, that Jesus was about to leave this earth, and the disciples were, you know, they thought, oh man, what what are we supposed to do now? And so Jesus sat them down, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when, because they were talking about the end of the times, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So that's the first thing that we need to keep our spiritual antennas up. In these last days, we need to take heed that no man deceives us. And so how do we do that? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. We've got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And how are we going to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost? We're going to have to continually communicate with the Father, right? Take no thought that men... uh, that shall men deceive you. Verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Okay, we read that. Verse 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, 
and shall deceive many. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You know, I mean, so many, oh, we're going to go into World War III, or we're going to whatever. Well, I want to tell you, the Bible says that there will be wars. There will be wars. We can't do anything about that. Okay, but we don't have to be fearful for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. I mean, even in the body of Christ. I mean, haven't you seen so many people get offended? Well, I'm just going to go to another church. Yeah. I'm just going to go somewhere else so I can hear what I want to hear. We'll talk about that in a minute. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But here's what we need to remember. This is what we need to hold on to. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. So guess what? We are in an endurance season. We are in an endurance season. You know, in all sports, and you know, sports illustrations come to me all the time. And I wonder why, because that's what I hear. But you know, in, uh, say, running track, what do you have to do? Because it's an endurance race, you know? So what do you have to do? You have to practice. You have to learn how to build up your strength, your endurance in order that you'll be able to run that race. Well, we are running our race for God. So guess what we have to do? We have to build ourselves up in the word of God. We have to build ourselves up in communicating with the Father in order that we can endure in these last days. And in order that, hey, we can run our race with joy. You see so many people, oh, this world is so horrible. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And how are we going to navigate through? Well, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to navigate with joy. I'm going to navigate with, uh, with streets. I'm, I'm going to have a fun time. The word says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. And so we're gearing up because guess what? We have a job to do in these last days. Verse Uh, 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. 
Now let's turn over to Mark 16. The Great Commission. You probably know it by heart. But you may not have thought about some of it. Verse 15. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow the preachers. Does it say that? No, what does it say? And these signs shall follow them that, what? Believe. Believe. Let me ask you a question. Are you a believer? Do you know that there are signs that are going to follow you? Do you know that you have a job to do? It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And I will tell you what, there's a lot of devils out there right now. A lot of devils that need casting out. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And guess what else you are going to do as a believer? They shall lay hands on the what? On the sick and they shall what? They shall recover. Do you realize, guys, that you as a believer are in the healing business? You have the greatest news on this earth to take to a lost and a dying world. We need to forget about ourselves. We need to be, quit being so self-consuming. We need to quit thinking, and I'm so thankful that God does bless us, and he wants us to live a blessed life. And yet, you know, as we fulfill the commission that God has for us, he said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things shall be added unto you. I will tell you what, when you start going out into the highways and the byways, and I'll tell you what, telling the good news to those that are lost and are dying, and you see their lives transformed, and you see people healed, you're talking about getting excited. And it's time for us to see these signs. It's time for us to start doing the job that God has for us in this season. Are you ready to start being in the healing business? Hallelujah. But I'll tell you what, we have to prepare ourselves. Just like in any sporting thing, you have to be prepared. It takes sacrifice. But I'll tell you what, as you prepare yourself spiritually, those signs will follow you as you go out. And you know what? God will bring opportunities your way. He'll bring opportunities your way. I, I know that, and you know, many people, uh, we, we are all different personalities. Some people go out in evangelism and they will just go to anybody on the street and say, uh, do you know Christ is your savior? And if they say no, you know, that person will say, do you know you're going to hell? And uh, 
You know, and that's the personality that some people have. And guess what? God connects them with people that they need that kind of response to shake them up. And yet there are other people that are like me. And that is I'm not, I'm more diplomatic. I'm not a blunt person. You know, my husband's a blunt person. I'm not. And so I know that as I have said to God, God, bring opportunities across my path. He will do. He will bring people across your path for you to be a witness to. And yet on the other hand, if we are so consumed with ourselves in our situations, do you realize that you can miss the opportunities that he brings across Because many times we're so busy with our to-do list that we forget that God has a to-do list for us. And we're so concentrated. And and so many times, uh, you know, I know even myself, I'm so concentrating. Oh, I got to do this for God. I got to do this. I got to do this. That I forget to ask God, God, what would you have for me to do today? I I know... uh, Many, many, many years ago, I was uh, actually, it was right before camp meeting. Camp meeting's very busy time for us in July. And at that particular time, we were having the camp meeting down, uh, down in the uh, Civic Center. And I was responsible for all the hospitality. So now, you know, I'm preparing meals. I'm doing all of these things for after service because we were uh, entertaining different ministers that came. So I'm busy with my to-do list, and we're having to move downtown. So I'm having to pack the kids, you know, pack all of our stuff to go downtown, pack dishes and stuff, because I'm working out of a kitchen, that the, uh, uh, an area that the only thing there was there was a microwave and a refrigerator, and that was it. So I'm having to create a kitchen. And uh, so I'm busy right on Saturday before I've got my to-do list, you know, all week long, I'm checking off these things that I'm supposed to do. And it's like, whew, man, I'm right on time. It's Saturday. I've got just these errands to do and I will be on time. And I was so proud of myself, you know, because I was ahead of schedule. And so... I went into a store, it was called Garden Ridge, and uh, it's kind of like a Walmart, but it didn't have food. And I went in there with my list. And I'm not known to walk fast, and I'm not known, you know, if you go where I am in a store, I'm probably going to ignore you because I'm not going to see you because I'm focused on my task at hand. So I'm running through that store when all of a sudden I hear my name. And I look around, and this person used to be my doctor. And, uh, but she had, um, she had quit her practice and became a medical missionary. So she had been overseas. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to be polite. And so I said, oh, hi. So glad to see you. I haven't seen you in, in a long time. And uh, I said, um, how are things going? And, oh, my goodness, you know how sometimes you say, you, you say, how are you? And you expect a well, and you get to go your way. 
Well, when I asked that question, uh, she began to tell me how things were going. And two and a half hours later, I'm still standing in the same aisle. I'm still standing in the same aisle. And she's pouring out her heart to me. And so I realized that this was God's assignment. And I have learned over the years, hey, you never, you know, it's kind of like when the woman with the issue of blood, that was an interruption. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house. And this was an interruption. Jesus didn't plan on healing this woman. And when he was interrupted, the little girl died. And yet she was raised to life. So I've realized that these interruptions sometimes are God assignments. And you've got to recognize that. And you've got to forget about what your assignment was. And you've got to listen to the Holy Ghost. Because he is there to help you with whatever that person needs. And so as I listened to her and and she poured out her heart and she had been really, um, I didn't realize that sometimes that ministry can be just as brutal of a profession as anything else. You get hurt, you know, and sometimes it's worse than even in business. And, you know, and so I, I was able to minister to her and help her through some of the hurts and the disappointments that she had had. And when we finished, and I had prayer with her, and when we finished, this is what she said to me. This morning when I prayed, she said, I asked God, God, send somebody across my path to minister to me today. I'm so hurting. And, you know, I thought, what if when she had started pouring, I, I, what if I had said, I'm sorry, I really don't have time to listen to you. You know, I'll pray for you and go my way. I would have missed a God opportunity that God was, you know, giving me. But, you know, oh, man, it made my heart fill with joy when I was able to help somebody get through that. Now, we got through. Now, this is what I said to God. This is how I pray. You know, sometimes people get the wrong impression of, of what prayer is about. Some people think the only time that you're praying is when you're kneeling down, you know, maybe at home or at church or something, and you're praying. No, you can pray at all times. The Word of God says pray unceasingly. Pray at all times. If we could not do that, then he wouldn't tell us to do that. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is so simple. It is talking to God. I talk to God every day, almost constantly. So, this is what I said. God. All right, God. I'm excited. 
I completed your assignment. I'm so thankful that I recognized it. I completed your assignment, God. Now, God, you're going to have to help me complete my assignments. Because in Tulsa, it's not like it was in Dallas of where I was raised. You know, anything you needed, you could find pretty well. In Tulsa, sometimes you had to look and look to find certain things. And there were certain things that I needed. And I didn't need to go to store, to store, to store, to store and waste a lot of time finding those things. And I had estimated it was probably going to take about four to five hours to complete what I needed to complete, all the assignments that I needed to complete. But I said, God, you know, I've spent two and a half hours helping you, completing your assignments. Now, God, I need your help. Do you know it was probably less than an hour and a half, everything had been completed. God directed me to the right place at the right time to get what I needed. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He wants us to live a stress-free life. And yet, I mean, you listen to Christians. Oh, I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. Da, 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 da. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Do we have opportunities to be stressed out? Absolutely. It's kind of like my father-in-law would say, he'd say, I never had a sick day in my life after learning how to believe God. But he said, I've had marvelous opportunities. I'm telling you, I've had marvelous opportunities to be stressed out. I mean, sometimes with everything that, you know, is necessary that God has entrusted me with, sometimes I just say, well, God, you have more confidence in me than I do. The enemy will try to get you to be stressed out. And yet, when you know the word, it says, cast all of your cares on him. Not part of your cares, but all of your cares on him, for he careth for you. So when those opportunities come for me, not, I don't know what to do. I don't know the situation, da, 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 da. You know what I do now? I say, God, that's not my problem, it's yours. I'm following your plan, God. You know, it's not that I even desired to do what I'm doing in the natural. In the natural, I always knew I was going to be in the ministry, but I thought I was going to be planted at one place. I didn't think I'd be traveling. I didn't like to travel. I didn't think I would be speaking. I didn't want to speak. I didn't think I would be doing all of these things. And yet, as the Lord directed me and I, he took me out of my comfort zone. And as I followed his will, guess what? I can put it all on him and say, God, I'm following you. Now, you better take care of all this stuff. I'm not going to stress out about it because it's not my problem. It's yours. (coughs) 
And so when you know that you know that you know that you know that you're following what God has for you, you can put it all on his back because he cares for you. He loves you so much. And yet, you know, we're not going to him with our cares. There's an old song that says, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Leave them there, leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And so I encourage you to do that. Now, let's look a little bit more and then we're going to pray. Let's look at a little bit more about the season that we're navigating in. You know, it's to be forewarned is to be forearmed, right? Over in, well, first of all, let me just uh, read this. Over in 2 Timothy 3 in the New Living Translation, verse 1. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. Timothy was telling, uh, I mean, Paul was telling Timothy about the last days, warning him. And he said, you, all, you should also know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. There will be very difficult times. We're going through difficult times, but guess what? We have God to help us through those difficult times. It says, for people will love only themselves and their money. That's for sure. It's all about me. Let me tug a selfie of me. <laughs> I love me. I want everything about me. So true. We're living in those days. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. I mean, I, I've gone through a lot of seasons in, in, in the church world. I love the 60s and 70s and the first of the 80s season because people were hungry for God. People were hungry for God. They were flocking to the churches. And it was an awesome season. But prior to that, I had seen a season that people weren't flocking to the churches. So I've experienced both. And you know, history does repeat itself. And so we're back in that season. People are not flocking to the churches like they used to be unless you are producing candy for them. Spiritual candy. All they want is just the desserts. You know? No broccoli. No asparagus. They don't want the word of God. You know, they want to know how to navigate through life, and yet they don't want to know that is to, they want to hear about Daniel in the lion's den, three Hebrew children. They don't want to know about that. They just want you to tell them it's going to be okay, you know. They don't want, they don't want to know about the responsibility of, oh, don't use that word volunteer, Oh, my goodness, we don't want to volunteer for anything. No, we want to be served. Yeah, it's not an easy time. 
And yet on the other hand, you know, I've seen minister after minister get discouraged, get stressed out and quit the ministry. No, this is not a time to quit. It is a time to gear up. To gear up, to gear up, because I want to tell you, ah, paseli brindinche ligo manzolo pradicia librande. We are almost entering into that time, into that time that there shall be a mighty outpouring of the Spirit, just as in days of old. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, but we must do our part. We must, you know, every revival starts with prayer. The revivals of old. Oh, it was like it. It is these days a dry season. A dry season. And yet there were people that were so hungry to see a move of God that they were willing to sacrifice and to pour out their hearts to God to see a great move of the Spirit. Are you ready to sacrifice? Are you ready to pour out your heart to God and say, God, I want more. I want more. I want more. Of your spirit. I want to see signs. I want to see wonders. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. I want to see my church filled with sinners. Are you ready to start praying toward that? Let's all stand up. I think it's time to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can make your chair, your your altar. I'm going to. Have an altar right here. If you want to come and join me, you can. If you want to walk around, however you connect with the Father, I want you to do that this morning. And I want us to pour out to God, God, we're so hungry to see that mighty outpouring that you have so promised us. You ready to do that? Let's do that this morning. Oh, Father, we just come to you now. Oh, Mansela, Bride, Shele, Bratan, Sante. Oh, Father, a mighty outpouring, a mighty outpouring, a mighty outpouring, Father. Oh, Mama, do celebrate lebranso. Oh, Anthony loves that chocolate pie because he's had some of it. But guess what? Is it fun to make that chocolate pie? No. You know why? Because if you're not a cook, you don't understand this. But if you are, when you're making a pudding, if you don't keep on stirring it and stirring it and stirring it, it's going to scorch on the bottom and your pie is going to be terrible. 
And so sometimes when I'm making a double recipe, I, I mean, sometimes I'm having to sit there and stir that for an hour until it thickens. Is that fun? No, it's not. But I will tell you what, uh, the satisfaction of seeing those kids looking there, oh, mom, oh, this is so good, was worth the effort of keep on keeping on stirring it, keeping on stirring it, keeping on stirring it, keeping on stirring it. And as we keep on stirring it, uh, the spiritual part of our life, keep on stirring it, keep on stirring it, keep on stirring it, I'll tell you what the results of the so much more is going to be so great that you'll be glad that you kept on stirring, that you kept on stirring, that you kept on stirring, that you kept on stirring. Hallelujah. So if you don't remember anything else about today, I want you to remember two things. Keep on stirring, keep on stirring, keep on stirring. And there's so much more. There's so much. Oh, Paola Bradishi. Oh, Mansola Bradishi. Oh, I got a glimpse of, of a little bit of that. So much more, guys. And it's so awesome. It's so awesome. We need to reach for that so much more. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on, oh, concentrating on that so much more, so much more, so much more. And when the enemy comes with all that junk that he'll always come with, you you can just say, oh, Satan, there's so much more. God has so much more that this, this is just a little distraction. This is just a little distraction. Now, I take my authority over you, and I go to that so much more. I go to, oh, man, celebradiche. Ah, a little distraction, a little distraction, just a little distraction. Oh, my mom, on celebradiche, like hopazate, nan celebrashite. But there's so much more. So much more. Woo! Oh, man, I could just keep on going. But I guess it's time to stop. My husband accuses me of being longer than he is. Anyway, guess what time it is now? It is investment. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.